Vayikra. And what's the name of the first portion in Vayikra? Vayikra. Vayikra. Now the word Vayikra is spelled Vav, Yud, Kuf, Reish, Aleph. Okay? So that's Vayikra. Okay? Um, here I have the ability I can actually show you, but I don't have... I didn't uh, have a to show you, but the Aleph in the Torah, the Aleph is a small Aleph. There are three types of fonts in the Torah. The Torah has small fonts, the Torah has large fonts, and the Torah has medium fonts. The whole Torah is written with a medium font, but Occasionally, the Torah will put in a small letter. Occasionally, the Torah will put in a large letter. What does it mean, a small and a large letter? Of course, not in our Chumash. Maybe some Chumashes have it. But in the Torah, the way it's written, uh, it will appear either smaller than all the other letters or larger than the other letters. And there's only a certain number of uh, of letters like that. In this particular case, we're talking about the letter Aleph, which is the first letter. So the letter Aleph, uh, we find in the Torah, by Yikra, it's a small Aleph over there. And then, why is it small? Why is this letter small? Okay, so, you know, we don't know the reasons for a lot of the different things, so we could just pass on there, but what does the level of small represent? We also know, what is this whole idea, Vayikra? What does Vayikra mean? And he called. He who? Hashem called. What does it mean that Hashem called to Moshe? Vayikra? El Moshe, he called to Moshe. Now it doesn't say Vayikra Hashem El Moshe, it just says Vayikra, he called to Moshe. What does this calling mean? Rashi explains that this was Hashem expressing his uh, care and his love for Moshe Rabbeinu. So this Vayikra means sort of before Hashem actually gives Moshe Rabbeinu a message, what to say, Hashem sort of lifts him up, gives Moshe Rabbeinu that special um, strength that he needs to take Hashem's word and pass it along. Because after all, we're talking about Hashem, and Moshe Rabbeinu has to take the message that Hashem is giving to him, pass it to all the Bnei Yisrael. So, Vayikra, Hashem says, Moshe, I love you. I'm calling you. This calling, calling is an expression, uh, calling that Hashem cherishes you. Hashem loves you. And Hashem, Vayikra. And the Aleph is a small one. Why? Because we know one of the qualities of Moshe Rabbeinu was the fact 
that he was the most, the Chumash says, the most humblest of all the people on the face of the earth. So Moshe Rabbeinu had a lot of credit. And Moshe Rabbeinu had a lot of accomplishments. Moshe Rabbeinu could have felt very satisfied or felt very accomplished, but he was humble. Now, what does it mean when a person is humble? When a person practices humility? What does it mean that Moshe... You know, sometimes people will think, what, Moshe Rabbeinu didn't realize that he was the one that spoke to Hashem, that he was the one that brought down the tablets, that he was on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights without eating or drinking or sleeping. He was like an angel. No other human being has ever experienced that which Moshe Rabbeinu experienced. So how could it possibly be that Moshe Rabbeinu should be humble the most humblest people of the entire world from on the face of the earth. How could it possibly be? Because humility, you see, does not mean that you don't recognize your strength. On the contrary, each and every one of us has to appreciate and has to realize what power and potential they have, what they have to offer to the world, to themselves, to their family, to the world. We all have God-given strength, and we can't kid ourselves. You know, once the uh, Rebbe expressed himself that just like you're not to speak Lashon Hara about another person, you're not allowed to speak Lashon Hara about yourself either. You can't say bad about yourself. You can't degrade yourself. That's Lashon Hara. Lashon Hara on yourself is also prohibited. However, when a person actually recognizes that, yes, I am great, I have talents, God has given me opportunities, that's not a reason to become haughty about it, arrogant about it, to become condescending to other people to think that somehow I am better. On the contrary, Moshe Rabbeinu said to himself, look, I am privileged. I was grown up in a home, in a very special, under a tribe, into a very special uh, family. God has given me a tremendous amount of opportunities to become who I am. And he said to himself, If Hashem would give another person the same opportunity that He gave me, then maybe the other person could have been doing even better than I can. That doesn't negate from the fact that he realized his standing, but all what it meant is that he realized that it's not his, it's not something, you you don't make yourself you don't get your talent. Somebody gives you. And even if you develop, let's say people work hard to develop certain t- 
talents and skills, whatever they work hard at. So, of course, they've invested in it. But who has given them the drive? Who gives them the energy? It comes yet from yourself, but somebody yourself, somebody gives it to you. So, Moshe Rabbeinu did not really take it to his head. He didn't get to his head. That's why Vayikra El Moshe. Why did Hashem hold Moshe Rabbeinu dear? Because that was Moshe Rabbeinu's humility. And you see, the same thing, we all know this story, when all the mountains came to uh, complain to Hashem, they said, Hashem, you should give the Torah on the big mountain. It's not respectful for Hashem to give the Torah on a little mountain. It's disrespectful. A wide, big, that is the honor of Hashem. And each one argued of the mountains why they believed that it's appropriate and the right thing for Hashem is to give the Torah them. It says, why are you competing and running around these mountains trying to get the honor of getting the Torah? The mountain that Hashem has chosen was the Mount Sinai. Har Sinai is the Mount Sinai. Why? Actually because Har Sinai didn't think of itself that it's worthy, wasn't haughty about it. That's why Hashem said, Hashem says, I will rest in a place where there is acceptance of Hashem. Because if a person, a mountain or a person for a sudden, is full of themselves, they don't leave room for Hashem to be there. Then they are sort of there's no space for Hashem. They are taking up all the space. I know there's a story told. Um, there used to be a rabbi who was a great learned man, but people uh, people didn't know he wasn't famous. You know, he was a great scholar. He was a Talmudic scholar, and he had uh, a lot of insight in the Torah. And he was a holy man, but he was. Not uh, not popular. So, sometimes when he'd come to the city, since nobody would know him, he needed a place to stay. So, they he would always stay with some some person who was a non-important person in the community. He lived in the side of in a side street. It wasn't so important. And only time that this rabbi came, he'd always go to that person's house. Eventually, this rabbi became very famous. And now he had a lot of followers, and now he also became more prominent, and they say he would come with his horse and his carriage now, be like this, he would come by foot, he wasn't so big, now he'd come with a carriage and the horses. Okay, but when it comes to the city, now all the important people of the city are trying to host this rabbi because he's a famous man. And they're begging the rabbi, you know, the, the head of the community, and the rabbi of the community say, it's not respectful, it's not honorable for you 
to spend Shabbos in the with this poor, you know, nobody or <laughs> the unimportant person. Come to us, we'll respect you, the whole community. And they're insisting on the rabbi. And the rabbi said, you know what? I will sort of give in. I'm going to send you the most important person. He says, I'll send you my horses. <laughs> but he says, I am going to go back to stay with the person that I always used to stay. So they asked him, how come? So the rabbi said, look, what happened over here? He says, I didn't change. You know, I'm the same person that used to come here all the time. Nothing, nothing in me changed. I'm here just like I was uh, all these years when I'd come. The only thing really that changes now is that I come with horses. <laughs> he says, I come with a wagon, I come with horses. So guess what? You know what? So it's the horses that you're impressed by. So let the horses go in your house, and I'm going to still stay in my regular place. Hashem wants, and Hashem resides where there is humility, where we are accepting of Hashem, where we put our own egos aside, where we sort of say, you know what? You're in charge of the world and you're in control of the world, and therefore, I'm not going to stand in your way. A lot of times, you know, I'll tell you, you know, just as a, a I listen to myself, I have these uh, classes on my site, so sometimes I fix it up, so I listen very quickly, so I tell a story over there, I don't remember the story, but I tell the story, something that happened to me in Shul. So, I'm saying that, you know, a lot of times, you know, you can't judge, you can't figure out. So what happened? So here there's this new man comes to show, and I go over, and I try to, it was before the corona, before uh, social distancing, and I hand him my hand to give him a shake. He refuses to take my hand. Okay, so I think maybe the guy, you know, some people are careful, they don't want to touch other people, you know. So I said, okay. But then I noticed that from far that he did shake somebody else's hand. So I make a second round, you know, I make a couple of rounds during that. And I try to shake his hand again. And again, he doesn't, my hand is <laughs> left hanging in the middle. I say, what's up with this guy in all my years? I've never had such, it was embarrassing for me. So what, I don't even know the guy. I mean, what do you know? I got plenty of people that maybe have, you know, I assaulted them or I something, they have something against me, but I don't know this guy. He's just a guest in there. Why would he have anything against me? And I'm sort of scratching my head. I don't know. And then finally, we're sitting by the Kiddush. I say, I'm going to make one more shot. I'm going to go for it. And as embarrassing as it was, I stretch out my hand, and he doesn't take it. And here I was devastated. And the guy tells me, the guy next to me says, he says, this man is blind. He doesn't see your hand. Can you you imagine? Uh, He says to me, the man is blind. He doesn't see your hand. And I said, what? And I... 
said, our session may close over here. I don't know, we'll leave it at that if it closes. I just wanted to talk about the Aleph of Adam is a large one versus the Aleph of, of Vayikra. But let me just finish this. But here you have to say to yourself, we know so little, we judge, we come to conclusions. Here you're reaching out. This is a very simple day-to-day act. And we don't. And I already didn't know what to make of it. And I'm all devastated. <laughs> and it turns out that I just don't have the information that the man is blind. And therefore I'm coming to conclusions. Can you imagine Hashem does things? We, we have no clue what Hashem is he knows so much more than what we know. I mean, I was thinking something silly. I mean, I don't know, but that's not real. But it's just something silly. I say, what if the terrorists were planning a massive Shabbos attack on the shuls while they were open and they closed because of another reason? I don't know. I'm just giving this as a silly example, not that I think it's real. But I'm saying... We know so little about really what's going on behind the curtain. What we see is just a mere fraction of anything that's going on. So how could we stand in judgment? How could we stand in questioning? Yes, if we can understand, fine, but we can't understand. I didn't understand why the person wouldn't shake my hand, and I was bothered. And just today, it was an individual that I you know, try to reach out to him, he's lonely, and he's all by himself, and he's not well, I reach out to him regularly, and for the last uh, several months, he hasn't responded to me, and, you know, how much can you call someone, and say, hello, good Shabbos, you know, how are you, I want to make sure you're okay, and I, you know, we care about you, you know, I try to, you know, he doesn't have anybody, nobody's phone doesn't ring at all, so I try to be the one, you know, calling him, but he doesn't, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't answer. So, I don't know, this has been going on now for a few months now, several months. And I'm very, very bothered by it, you know. Sometimes I slow down, I can't call every, every Shabbos and not get a, an answer back. And just today he calls me, huh. after five months. I said, what happened? He says, you know what, that's part of my depression, illness. Wow. He says, I want you to understand, I never, never, ever have anything against you. You know, you're the only one that calls me, that lifts up my spirits. And I need, I need your phone call for my health. But, and my mind tells me that I'm doing a terrible thing for not answering the phone. But that's part of my illness, he says. That's part, I can't help myself. So while I know it's wrong, he says, but he says, I cannot tell you what it means to me that you never stop calling, that notwithstanding that I didn't say, I didn't return, and I didn't, you know, acknowledge, and you think you're wasted, don't think so, he says, you know. So, again, it tells me that we know so little about we know so little about it. Um, I just wanted to say this, that um, this idea that we don't know why Hashem does things. And that's why we have to practice humility, acceptance. And if we practice humility, 
not only we accept Hashem, but we accept other people as well. And we accept people that are different than us. We accept people that think other, look different, behave differently. We accept them because it's not all about us. And uh, unfortunately, this is a wake-up call and telling us all that we're in the hands of Hashem. We're not, it's not about us. So hopefully uh, we get the message sooner than later and we don't let this, uh, you know, go any further than it's gone already. Um, so that's why, but the explains the Rebbe by Adam Harishon, I mean, he was the only person that can claim He's the only person that can claim <clears throat> he was made by God himself. <laughs> we all come from other human beings. The only one who God actually created, Maise with his hands, was Odomarishan. So he had a lot to brag about. And he had a lot of specialty. But <clears throat> he was proud of that. And because he was proud, so notwithstanding his greatness... He failed at the end when it came to the tree of knowledge because he was absorbed with himself and he was a great, great, great person. <clears throat> but yet, the fact that the Adam is with a big Aleph in, in uh, Divra Yomim over there, that represents his sense of self, the Adam. And that's why there's the lesson and hopefully that you know, we will practice it um, with regards to Hashem, with regards to each other, and Hashem will protect us and keep us safe and sound. And Amir Hashem will have the uh, redemption, and everybody will be healed. And let's pray for that, and then for your sister's soul, Tzmishav and Aliyah, and Tukhshar Chodi Yisrael. Amen. Thank you. And I hope Sarah...